here's a message from Ken Lavica. Xavier Howard wants out. He's requesting a trade. Arguably the Dolphins' best player. And how did it come to this? And who's to blame for this? There need to be answers. We need to break this down. Coquel, hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken LaVica Live. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Programs. Turn it up! Turn it up! From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, it's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. Well, the Dolphins saga with Xavier Howard takes another turn. The NFL leader in interceptions wants out. He's requested a trade. This one's messy, and I'm not quite sure where the Dolphins go from here. Ken Levick alive featuring Coquel Wednesday edition on ESPN 106.3. Anna John Levy in Accident Attorney Studios. Downtown West Palm Beach in the Phillips Point Towers right off of the hot and steamy Intracoastal. Got a lot to do here in the next hour on ESPN 106.3. Again, free ESPN app and on your smart speaker. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Siri. Hey, Google. Play ESPN 106.3. want to thank everybody for hanging in there with me yesterday as I was doing the show from home. Uh, Good news. The daughters are no longer ill. In fact, they are annoyingly energetic and uh, back to normal. Uh, So they had to stay home from school again today, though, because it hasn't been 24 hours without fever. And Coquel, I was initially going to do the show from home again uh, today just to make sure that I could help out my wife. Uh, but we have someone over working on our power and because uh, we're trying to get a, a, um, a, a little bit of a, a different hookup in our in our home for a couple of appliances. And uh, the power would not have been back on by the time the show started, so then we would have been screwed. You would have had to been tagged in at like the 11th hour. How do we know that your kids have not tested for a fever within 24 hours? Uh, like I know how you know. Excuse me. How does the school know? Well, I know. Okay. We thought about it. We thought about bringing them to school. Because you're right. How does the school know? But (laughs) I don't want to be that guy who says, get vaccinated, take the proper precautions, and then I'm throwing my kids back into school and they can catch whatever my kids had. Like, I don't want to be that guy. I I actually had a conscience this morning. I explained to you yesterday. See, I'm getting tired of this. There's one <laughs> thing about this show that's really starting to bother uh-huh. me. I impart my, I'm older than you and I impart my wisdom <laughs> on you and you don't use it. I if know. you are sick or your kids are sick, bring them around other kids <laughs> so they can take the germs from them. That's how medicine and science work. I don't know why that's medicine, but that's how germs and science works. Chris Coquel, MD. There's your tip of the day. Uh, so Xavier Howard last night uh, comes out with a uh, a letter, and actually a, a well-written letter through his agent, David Cantor. And it basically says, hey, I'm done here. I don't want this anymore. I don't like my contract. I'm not happy. Let's go through some of the excerpts here from Xavier Howard. Again, he had 10 interceptions, the NFL leader last season. He of the second highest paid corner on the Dolphins who held out of mandatory minicamp because he wasn't happy. I've given my heart and soul to the Miami Dolphins franchise since they drafted me in 2016. I want to make it clear I love my teammates. They're my family. But what I've learned is that the business side of the NFL proves organizations don't always have a player's best interest at heart. My experience with the Dolphins the past few seasons has taught me that. In 2018, I signed an extension that I'll admit I didn't completely understand or feel comfortable with. 
and commit that to memory. That's a key point here. I've played on that deal for two seasons and didn't complain, but everyone knows I've significantly outperformed that deal. I'm one of the best corners in the NFL, and the tape backs that up. The assignments I'm giving, shadowing the opposition's best player, with little help proves my value and my worth. Yet I'm the second highest paid cornerback on my own team, and it's not even close. We wanted to work things out with the Dolphins. We brought solutions to the table that we felt were win-wins for both sides. These were proposals of adjustments that wouldn't make me feel more respected, but were also cap-friendly, but the Dolphins refused everything that we proposed. That's why I want to make it clear I'm not happy, and I've requested a trade. And with that, Xavier Howard wants to put himself out on the trade market, and the Dolphins have a decision to make. So just to refresh your memory, in 2018, Xavier Howard signed what was at the time the largest contract in NFL history for a corner. The most money per season for an NFL corner. $15.5 million for, per year. Five years, $76.5 million in total for that contract. He was at the time, Coquel, according to Pro Football Focus, he graded out as the 20th best defensive back in the NFL. 2-0, 20th. And the Dolphins went ahead and gave him the richest contract in NFL history for that position. At the time, only the second corner to ever get a deal that had $15 million or more dollars per season on a contract, the other being Josh Norman. So they went into some pretty unheralded territory, some pretty unprecedented territory. Has he outperformed it? Absolutely. But then the Dolphins go out and get Byron Jones and sign him to a bigger contract than Xavier Howard just two years later. Byron Jones, who starred with the Cowboys, who was a top 10 graded pro football focus corner, he comes in, and this appears to be where the strife is. Xavier Howard canned his agent last season largely because he was unhappy with the contract. David Cantor, someone that I actually know, uh, who represents many big names, including Olivier Vernon, former Kane, former Dolphin, he has taken on Xavier Howard's contract. But keeping in mind what we know now, Xavier Howard, who is the sixth highest paid corner in the NFL and the second highest paid corner on the Dolphins, two years in to a five-year deal that used to be the highest paid contract to an NFL corner, who is to blame for this divorce because if Xavier Howard went to the Dolphins and said hey I'd like some more guaranteed money because right now he has the third most guaranteed money or at the time he signed he had the third most guaranteed money in the NFL and that's key I mean that's key and I could see where he feels disrespected with that so the dollars per year that's one thing the guaranteed money that's a whole different thing and they did not pony up to make him the highest guaranteed paid corner in the NFL but also if he went to the Dolphins and said, hey, could you just sweeten the guaranteed money a little bit? And the Dolphins flat out said, no, you signed the deal. Thanks for the 10 interceptions, but we can't make any adjustments on your contract. That's kind of a crappy thing to do. I can see where Xavier Howard doesn't feel good. But I also don't love the Xavier Howard, I signed something that I didn't quite know about and I wasn't comfortable with. Well, wait a minute. Why, why, was, it, why was it signed then? And it also made you the highest paid corner in the NFL. Some things don't add up here. Who is to blame for this impending divorce between Xavier Howard and the Dolphins? Is it Xavier Howard? Is it his ex-agent who he seems to put the blame on 
for his current predicament? Or is it the Dolphins, who appear to be not making any sort of offer to make this right with Xavier Howard and pay him like the guy who led the NFL in interceptions last year? Or is it even Byron Jones, who comes in and has been the source of the issue for Xavier Howard? Who's to blame for the impending divorce between Xavier Howard and the Dolphins? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And as always, tweeted us at ESPN West Palm. And furthermore, what do the Dolphins do now? Do they trade him? Do they try and negotiate with him? Do they just say, sorry, man, we're not doing anything. You're under contract. You can sit if you want, but you're our guy, and we're not dealing you anywhere. What do the Dolphins do now? This is an uncomfortable position. This is arguably the most dynamic corner in the entire NFL. And Coquel, there are a lot of layers to this, but it just seems like it didn't have to come to this. Yet here we are with Xavier Howard 10 picks a year ago asking out. It sucks. It didn't have to come to this. He's got basically no guaranteed money left on his contract. He's made it all. He's got $7 million of injury money, so he'd have to get hurt to get that money back guaranteed. And then the rest is not like it's basically nothing. I don't blame him for wanting guaranteed money in a sport where your career could be over the next day. Why would you ever play, be a top player and play without guarantees for the next couple of years? So this is about respect, but showing respect with money. This is unlike Aaron Rodgers, where Aaron Rodgers wanted respect. He wanted communication. He wanted decisions to be run through him. Him not necessarily signing off, but him at least being given a heads up in the case of Jordan Love. Xavier Howard wants his money. But here's my issue. The way that that letter is worded by Xavier Howard, it suggests that he had a problem even before the 10 interceptions of a year ago. That he saw Byron Jones deal and he immediately became surly. He immediately became upset. Never mind the fact that on a year-to-year basis, the market is always changing. On a year-to-year basis... The money's always changing. You're never going to stay the highest paid player at a position for very long in the NFL because everybody's piggybacking off of that. The Dolphins went out there and they started a new trend of paying someone over $15 million per season. A guy who was at the back end of top 20 in the NFL. And then the Dolphins yeah, go out. not go by that. We all knew how good he was when they signed him to that contract. No one was like, whoa, you overpaid for him. Everyone knew he was the top corner, and at that time, corners were getting big money. But couldn't you argue that Byron Jones' addition is why Xavier Howard saw so many balls last year? He had the opportunity to pick off 10 passes because Byron Jones was locked down on the other side. Like, I'll give you an example. A guy who's currently on the Dolphins, Craven LeBlanc, Bell Glade product, uh, played at FAU for four seasons. In the late stages of his career, he had seven targets his junior year and six targets his senior year because no quarterback no matter the conference no matter the team wanted to throw his way and that allowed big time numbers on the other side to be mm-hmm. put up and that's where first team all conference USA like Dijon Smith was someone who was a recipient and he was a great corner in his own right but Cravon being on one side certainly helped the process of DJ being able to be a ball hawk can't that apply here where Byron Jones is so good, who was rated higher, who was significantly higher 
than Xavier Howard. The season that Howard signed his contract with the Dolphins, isn't that a potential reason why Xavier Howard saw the action he did last year? But when Howard wasn't being thrown at, because he wasn't at one point, because he was so good, he performed, right? A lot of times you see guys go to these, get the free agent deal and they go to a new team, then they get thrown at and they get picked on and you're like, oh, why'd you pay that corner? All the-? I'm a Jets fan. It happens to a corner every three years. Yeah. We sign a guy, then he, all of a sudden he's the number one and he's getting thrown at rather than the other way and he's getting picked on. Well, you Howard's had- not getting picked on because he's picking off passes. You were part of this as a Jets fan with Darrell Revis. Uh, Darrell Revis went through a similar thing with his contract, and we've seen this often on the defensive side of the ball. Earl Thomas went through a similar thing and then broke his leg, and he had the infamous flick-off of Pete Carroll as he's being rolled off the field. Josh Norman went through something similar. Le'Veon Bell on the offensive side just decided flat out, I don't want the Steelers anymore. I'm sitting out a year, uh, and then ended up with the Jets. Uh, But here, this is complicated because Chris Greer and the Dolphins attempted to do the right thing at the time, and that's make him the highest-paid corner in the NFL. That's significant. The overture was there. Now, the guaranteed money being third in the league at that point, that stands out a little bit. But again, he's making $15.5 million per season. No other corner had ever made that money in the history of the league. And then, fast forward two years, and you're unhappy with that deal, even though that's the natural progression of how sports work. You're going to have a contract, and then someone's going to make more than you. And then someone's going to make more than you. And then someone's going to make more than you. It happens with quarterbacks I, all the time. I don't think it's about someone making more, though. See, that's where we disagree. And and I think because he put in the part about his teammate. That's where it's like, all right, well, you're bringing up your teammate making more than you. I think he was throwing that in the show. Look, this is how disrespected I am, that not only am I not the highest paid player in the league, I'm not even on my own team, and they won't even renegotiate so, with me. But what I think the, it was more of like, a, I wish he left that part out. What should the Dolphins have done when they signed Byron Jones, sit down at the table and say, hey, you know that thing that we uh, we gave you last year? Like, hey, you want to restructure it, and uh, you can blow up our cap, but that's fine. We want to make sure that you're higher paid than Byron Jones. But he's also come out and said that he they've offered restructuring deals that just makes more guaranteed now, but also lowers the cap number for now. Xavier Howard signed. Yes, has. yes, that's what I'm saying. So he he's trying to say, like, we've tried to do things that are team-friendly, too. They're just not renegotiating. I think this is a case of the Dolphins know he's worth that money, but they don't want to spend that much on one position. Because you get into that fold where, hey, man, we can't be spending $30 million on corners before we get to our, our nickel corner, our dime corner. Because now you look at the NFL and how it's played, you have three safeties on the field sometimes, four corners on the field sometimes. We have the game has sped up because of the influx of spread offenses you need more faster guys you have to spend more money they have almost 30 million locked into two dudes that's where i think the dolphins are like hey if we can get out of this let's get out of it i don't think the dolphins are mad that he's holding out i they think they're happy. happy i think they're saying good you put it on you put it out there now when we trade you we save public face too well there's no doubt that Xavier howard is an elite player he's an elite corner but the business standpoint the money standpoint you're right, Coquel. I, I mean, the Dolphins have a lot of money tied up at that position, and they notably have salary cap issues. They've been unloading players this offseason because they've been trying to uh, become salient with the cap. But that leads to this. Did it have to come to this? Why is it at this point? Who's to blame for this? Is it Xavier Howard who signed something he wasn't comfortable with? As he said last night in that letter, he said that, and then, again, quote, this is what he what he said about the contract, about what he had signed. Uh, my experience with the Dolphins the past few seasons has taught me that in 2018 I signed an extension that I'll admit 
I didn't completely understand or feel comfortable with. Who's that on? Is that Xavier Howard? Is that his ex-agent? It's... Are the Dolphins to blame for this thing? Chris Greer for not bunching now, saying, sorry, man, you signed the deal. You're on your own. Go play. Who's to blame for this Xavier Howard Dolphins divorce? And what do the Dolphins do now? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And you can tweet at us at ESPN West Palm. And this goes past just a discussion about the Dolphins. This is about respect in the workplace. Mm. Like, this can be applied to... The workplace, like say uh, two years ago, I, I I got an opportunity here at ESPN West Palm and oh, Ken, here you go. Like here's here's a, a half hour and you can do something with it, do whatever you want with it. And uh, congratulations, here's your opportunity. But then we've got eight, nine sponsors that jump aboard in two years time. And uh, I'm like, hey, I've made the company some money. Like this is a good thing. Can I get bumped up a little bit? And they're like, well, you signed the deal, and it was for five years. I mean, understandably, I'd be like, what the hell? And I, this is just me in a hypothetical. I promise this is not something that actually literally happened. Yeah, if but you were saying one hour to two hours, that would be a totally different story. <laughs> he said a half hour <laughs> to one hour, so no one can figure out what Ken's trying to say. Oh, uh, man. Uh, but but you can apply this to your real life. You can apply this to, to your, your actual life. Now, when it comes to the contract, because there's been a lot of harping on Xavier Howard saying that he signed something that he wasn't comfortable with do you put that on the agent or the player like where aren't you at least as the player aren't you asking questions aren't you making sure that that what you're signing is something that you're good with and i'm curious Xavier howard never actually comes out and says what he's upset with except alluding to the guaranteed money like that that appears to be the only thing he's not comfortable with and i don't know if that's enough to really be looking like you're on the right side of this this confrontation i think it is if i'm in the nfl i'm not playing without guaranteed money which is not not in a league where they you're putting your body on the line your career could be over any play any one of the 100 snaps a game your career could be done and you have no guaranteed money in the next two years and your worth is one of the top players i wouldn't play if i was him but with the contract and him signing it i think we'd have to dive deeper into his relationship with his agent at what age because he's 28 now that was signed three years ago so he was 25 his first contract was probably a couple years earlier. So he was just a kid at that point. Yeah. And maybe his agent had taken care of him right the whole time. And who knows if his agent wanted more money up front for himself and kind of told him, no, 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 this will be taken care of. I'll renegotiate. I got you. I got you. I got you. Don't you worry about it. X, man, I got you. We, we're going to have no issues here in three years. And then he trusted the guy who took him from a, a kid to a very wealthy adult. And then that guy couldn't come through. And even though he didn't feel comfortable, he probably said, you know what, Ken? You've you've been my agent. You've done me right. I'm going to trust in you. And that guy could have could have screwed him over. There is something to be said for an organization if they do truly value you. And if this was a quarterback, this would be a totally different conversation that would be taking over national headlines. But because it's a corner, it's not quite at that spot uh, unless you're here in South Florida. But there's something to be said for an organization doing the right thing. Like the Dolphins would be doing the right thing, correct, if they offered him the guaranteed money that he's looking for, considering the production he gave them, considering what he's been able to do. You make a great point where, yeah, you've got a lot of money tied up over there, but don't the best organizations, the ones that stand out the most, the ones that have the most success, aren't they sort of looking out for their guys? Or they get out before it's too late. They may say, we have a number one corner. We can get a number two. 
we have a defensive head coach who probably thinks some of the success is because of him and his schemes. You know, coaches have egos. Even at down to the high school level, when but I was do you think this is a Brian coach. Flores thing? I think it's a little bit of the whole organization. Sometimes when you're when you're when you're running something properly, you start to believe in your own hype, and you start saying, "Hey, it's not about the player." We saw that with um, college coach who went to the pros, did really good. Oregon coach used to be New Hampshire's OC. New ah. Hampshire's OC. That's what you're going to tell me, Chip Kelly. Okay, Chip Kelly. We saw that with him, where he was just too smart for his own system. Like he thought. I don't care. I'll cut everybody because I'm Chip Kelly. Yeah. And I'll run out Ken Levick at wide receiver and Coquel's going to play right guard. Oh, I'm fat. I have to be a guard now. Uh-huh. Yeah. But, like, he thought he could do all that and just do his own system, and that would always work. We don't know if that's the case. But right now, they're like, we don't need to pay all these corners because it's our system that's creating these turnovers. You realize you could have just said UCLA head coach Chip Kelly, right? Hey, who think, is, when you think of Chip Kelly, is that what you think of? Much more than New Hampshire offensive coordinator. Ooh, I'm a high, I'm a former high school coach, and I know where all of the college coaches were. I mean, I did just sit down with former Middle Tennessee defensive back coach Manny Diaz. <laughs> oh, you loser! Stop flexing on me like that. Uh, but what do the Dolphins do now from here? Who's to blame for this divorce between Xavier and Howard and the Dolphins? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And what do the Dolphins do now? I think you just cut bait. It's a corner. He's an elite corner. Ten interceptions last year. But I do think you could probably muster two first-round picks for him, right? It's a bad look that the Dolphins aren't going to make a concession to him. That's on Chris Greer. I don't think that's on Brian Flores. I saw a couple of tweets saying that, man, there's always acrimonious endings to some of these relationships in the Brian Flores area. Mika Fitzpatrick, I'll give you Brian Flores. But Xavier Howard, I think this is all Chris Greer. I think this is all front office. So I say now, like, you're too far in. You got to deal him. You just got to deal him and hope you can make use of more first-round picks coming your way. Where did Flores come from? The Patriots. What do they do with players? Do they have feelings? No. They're they didn't have feelings. During their during their, emo- their time, they didn't have feelings at all. They no. are robots, so they don't care. But Xavier Howard. But it's a job. It's but, a job. They got to do their job, too. Right. But I also don't think Brian Flores, because I think Brian Flores is getting a little bit of blame or assumed blame on this when this has nothing to do with him. I don't think Xavier Howard's contract and his unhappiness has anything to do, because I would argue Brian Flores' defensive system has an awful hell of a lot to do with Xavier Howard's production. But that, that could be why Flores has part of the blame is because he thinks... Hey, don't worry about it. Get rid of him. I got a guy. I can I, plug I, and play. I can put Cravon in there. In this system, Cravon's gonna Cravon's gonna excel. And and I don't. I hate to get like too in the minutia here. Cravon's more of like a slot corner. My point is, I just picked a. Sorry, I don't know the other four corners on the Dolphins. <laughs> I usually look at the other team's corners. Pick off Tua, but you know that's <laughs> uh, that's usually what I'm paying attention to. Uh, <laughs> Who's to blame for the Dolphins Xavier Howard divorce? What do the Dolphins do now? What should they do with X? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Craven's Twitter. more of a slot. He's a nickel <laughs> corner. <laughs> at ESPN West Palm, Ken Levick, a live featuring Cocal, presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Craven LeBlanc went to FAU. He's elite. The FAU MBA Sport Management Program, that's 
Elite. With Dr. Jim Reardon at the helm, sign up for spring semester courses now. You can do them remote or do them on campus in Boca Raton. This is your path to the sports industry. This is the red carpet to the sports industry. And don't worry about a lack of respect uh, like is perceived with the Dolphins and Xavier and Howard. If you respect the process of the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, you're going to find your job in the sports industry. Why? Because the proof is there and because they're teaching firsthand knowledge. It's the FAU MBA Sport Management Program, fau.edu slash MBA Sport. Simone Biles looks as if she is out of the Olympics completely for mental health reasons. Is this the right move? And what now is her legacy? He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. Ken and Coquel like putting things in number order. Order, order, order. Five, four, three, two, one. It's time for the electrical standings. It's back. Electrical standings five through one. Today, the words you always pronounce correctly. The words you always pronounce correctly. Five through one. Coquel, go. Number one, table. A lot of people get confused and say table. Mm. I get a table every single time. I nail that word. Common mistake. Number two, it's not boot. It's butt with the extra T there. It's not butt. It's butt. Number three, garage. That's a tough one. You could say garage. Mm. It's garage. Mm-hmm. Number four, target. Target is a word. I've heard people say target. It's not French. We're in America. Red, white, and blue. <laughs> it's target. And, of course, one that everyone struggles with that I always get correct, Car. Mm, yes, yes. Um, that's five through one for Coquel. Words you always pronounce correctly. Target. This is America. You're such a meatball. Five through one. Words you always pronounce correctly. Egg. Not oh. egg. Egg. Chicago. Not Chicago. Chicago. Rope. At number three. Rope. Rope's a good one. Number two. Forlorn. Forlorn, number two. Number two, forlorn, two syllables, forlorn. And number one, I always pronounce football correctly. That's football, not foosball, football. And those are your electrical standings, words you always pronounce correctly here on this Wednesday on ESPN 106.3. By the way, urgent Dolphins training camp report. Urgent, 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 urgent. Tua Tungavailoa has already thrown two interceptions today. But, Coquel. Before you say ragarm, he had just threw a 60-yard touchdown to Albert Wilson. This according to Travis Wingfield, the Port St. Lucie product. There it is. Albert Wilson on the receiving end of a bullet, a rope from Tua Tungavailoa. Wow. Yeah. I mean, you know what that means. It's football season. Mm-hmm. We're back. Feels We're good. back. Ken Levick alive featuring oh, Coach. What did Zach Wilson do today? What, oh, oh, oh what, what did he do today? Oh, nothing. He's holding out the turd. <laughs> Wait, I thought you loved the guy. No, trade him. Trade him <laughs> and two number ones for Rodgers and Love. Boom. Who, who says no? We Zach should, Wilson, uh, two first-round draft picks for Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love. <laughs> huh? Huh? So you went from I love him, I love his hair, and you refollowed Mom as well, and now you're on the trade Zach Wilson train. Yeah. Because I, he's holding out. I mean, what are you holding out for? Every other quarterback is signed. You're on a pay scale, dude. Offset language. That's what this is about. Uh, offset language. Are, uh, you, are you that sure that you're going to get cut in three years? You're worried about offset language? Because that's what that means. Offset language just means when other teams pay him that he doesn't get paid double. He wants double. He wants the Jets to keep paying him and money from the new, the new team. The Jets say, no, if we cut you and you sign with someone else, we get that money back, whatever you sign for. Like, really? That's what we're doing here? Number one franchise? 
Barbie doll, Ken doll, oh, whatever man. you are. Like, the, come on. The Jets are going full Jets, and Zach Wilson's going full Jets. They and, were perfect. And stop posting Instagram pictures of your girlfriend saying, like, this is my boo and my love. Like, just get in the film room. <laughs> Oh man, I love I love football coquel. Uh the, the the story that is completely taken over, has completely taken over this country right now is the thing that ended up being most contentious yesterday here on the show, and that's the discussion about Simone Biles. And it is no longer just uh her leaving the team competition after one vault. It is now that she is out of the individual all-around competition at the Olympics as well. She's the defending champion there. And then uh, there's a good chance you would think now she's going to pull herself out of the individual event competition as well. And so now we're in a spot where the most decorated gymnast in American history, the rich American tradition of championship after championship, gold after gold, and she is the best. She is the top and this might be the last time she ever competes, and she is leaving the Olympics early because of mental issues, because of mental concerns. This is not physical. This is mental. And the way she explained it yesterday was, hey, I am the face of this Olympic team, and I've been struggling with my mental health, and I felt it was best for my team if I no longer competed. Think about that. The greatest gymnast in the history of the sport saying my team is better off without me. As you can imagine, this has been met with a lot of scorn, a lot of lack of understanding, certainly support as well. But I've seen a lot of she's failed her country. What if this was Tom Brady and Michael Jordan? And I think that there is a legitimate question that comes out of this. All the gold medals, all the championships... All of the discussion about her greatness, but she's going to end her career by leaving the Olympics early by walking away from her team because of mental health issues. What is Simone Biles' legacy going to end up being? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Get on Twitter at ESPN West Palm. Her legacy, are we going to remember her 10 years from now for her championships and her greatness and the moves named after her? Or are we going to remember her most for the mental health problems that forced her out of Tokyo and the perception that she quit on her team, that she left her team? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. There is only one human being in the ESPN West Palm offices that can speak to what it's like being a professional athlete. Yeah, and it's, it's a hard life I've lived, Ken, but, um, you know, <laughs> I've, I'm making an adjustment to regular yeah. civilian life here as a producer of Ken Living Alive. Yeah, needless to say, we were not talking about Coquel. Oh. Uh, but a, a man who's been... We saw a- you racing them pigs, man. We know <laughs> you ain't the athlete. You were my coach. Oh, yeah, good point. <laughs> That's how I know. That's <laughs> harsh, man. That is real harsh. Hey, if you're going to be a pro athlete racing pigs, Coquel, you got to be up for the critique as well. Next okay? year, we're co- we coming. <laughs> All right. Uh, but but Dean Thomas spent a lot of time in mixed martial arts, a lot of time in the early uh, period of what we know now is the UFC. And now you coach some of the top fighters and have coached some of the top fighters in the world. And so, Dean Thomas, you hear him every day, 3 to 5. Josh Cohen and the home team here on ESPN 106.3. I just felt like... Bringing you in to to talk about the mental health aspect of this is significant. So, first off, 
just what you've seen, what you saw, and what you heard from Simone Biles yesterday, and what you know about being a pro athlete and coaching pro athletes. What did you make of her after one vault saying, I don't have it, I'm out. You guys are going to have to do this without me. Well, first off, let me say this, is that being involved in mixed martial arts, I think that's probably the sport where people suffer from the most mental health issues. I mean, you get inside of a cage mm-hmm. and you do and you try to beat somebody up in for the for the crowd, you know, for It's like the most so like, yeah. basic yeah. the most basic mm-hmm. human savagery is your sport. Right. Gladiators. So, yeah, 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 it's gladiator stuff. And, and for 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 a crowd and money. So like most of the people I deal with have mental issues, which mm-hmm. is why I'm a big proponent of it. Mm-hmm. So I do a lot for mental health. Um, and what I saw from this young lady was someone who was troubled, someone who needed help, and someone who needed to get out of competition immediately. And, Ken, what you spoke about earlier in terms of what will her legacy be, mm-hmm. I think this her legacy will be how great she was as opposed to, and should not only be remembered for how great she was, but how brave she was for having the courage to stand up for herself and step down. Yeah and then put the weight back on the team. I just, my thing yesterday, because we talked about if she in the moment yesterday failed, and we had a lot of different responses, whether it was, hey, she didn't fail, she had nothing left to prove. I tend to fall on that side, but also in the moment, like she didn't step up on the biggest stage, so uh, people were trying to say that, yeah, she failed, while also acknowledging the mental health issues and how important it was, like, hey, from a competitive standpoint, she didn't follow through. She failed. But when you are competing, when you have a mental lapse like she did, or if you have in the octagon, doesn't that open you up to potential catastrophic effects if you're not all there? Man, I've seen people get mauled from not being 100% focused on a task or wanting to be there. So what she did, while it may have looked bad and while it may we can say what we want, but she did the right thing mm-hmm. by saying, listen, I'm not going to go out there and not only risk you know, losing for the team, but also I'm not going to risk my health. I'm not going to be trying to do some crazy flip, not be focused, and break my neck. Yeah, and that's the thing. And that's, this is what Coquel and I were talking about. Coquel was, and I'm not trying to like pile on you, but you, you had said yesterday she failed. that she failed. She did fail. And it, it, after having a night to, to sleep on it, do you still think in retrospect that she, she failed herself and failed the team yesterday yes i i still think she failed and i don't think that means she's a failure as a person i think that this growth and being able to step out and not go back again shows how strong she is as a person but for that competition and in this olympics she failed at what she was doing i what bothers me more is the reaction the overreaction of celebration of like she did something great her coming back espn on their instagram had a huge thing about her cheering on her teammates after of course she's going to cheer on her teammate. What else would you do in that situation besides cheer on your teammates? So I want to hear your response to that, Dean, because like, Coquel's not having it, like that Simone Biles should be called brave or should be heralded and commended for what she did. Let me just, before you go, Dean, let me, she can be brave as a person but still fail as an athlete. Yeah, and I agree with that. And I, I 100% agree with that. She did fail. There's no, but there's nothing wrong with failing. Failing is human. And I think that's what makes her so brave. Is the fact that she that she failed and admitted to it and said, "I can't do this." I think that is what the story. Do you, is. But do you think she should be commended for that? Because Coquel seems to be taking a little bit of offense to the fact that ESPN is focusing on 
her and praising her for what she she did, acknowledging that she had the issue. I don't necessarily think that she should be like we should bend over backwards to praise her right now for it. Was that a gymnastics you know, right. pun? Yeah. Okay. That was a, yeah. Good. And <laughs> we shouldn't do cartwheels over it right now, <laughs> uh-huh. but but I think that there is a time and a place for it, you know. But I think the fact that she did bow out, we need to put the attention on the other teammates and you know and celebrate but them as opposed to what she did. She also did though, and I'm going to read you and, and keep it in mind. Back to what Dean was saying about injuries. If you have a mental lapse, the yips in the air, in the vault, like she under-rotated what was supposed to be two and a half flips into one and a half, she could have paralyzed herself. And because she's such a great athlete, um, she has what I've read gymnasts call the twisties, where you become disoriented in midair. And she, you don't know what's up, what's down, and that's where these catastrophic injuries happen. And that happened to her, and she was like, I'm bailing. I'm out. As soon as I feel that, I'm leaving. This is from Dan Wetzel, okay? On Simone quitting on her team, she actually saved it. Her vault scored a 13.76. That's brutally low. It was .5 below her teammates and .7 below the lowest Russian score. Russia took a commanding lead because of it. The U.S. would not have won silver if she's scoring like that. So if she continued that scoring trend, the United States would have won bronze or would have fallen out of medals completely. So she took herself out of competition knowing that she might be keeping her squad from a medal. Isn't there something to be said for that? Tom Brady throws two picks in the first quarter of the Super Bowl and then says, nah, the pressure's too much because she did say that. The pressure of having the whole team on her back was too much. That did come out yesterday. So like, if Tom Brady does that, we're not sitting here saying, great job, Tom Brady. Great job by putting in Jameis Winston or whoever their backup was last year. <laughs> Uh, definitely not, not James. James you know what I went yeah. Bucks quarterback in uh-huh. my head, but great job letting the backup ride out down the stretch. We're not praising him. I just I and I, again I salute her for taking care of herself. But as an athlete in that moment on the biggest stage with goats on her feet, she's got to perform, or you you just don't get the extra credit just because you're a nice person. Uh, she's she's also though the greatest gymnast of all time. Uh, to me, she has nothing left to prove. Yeah, that's, and that's the way I see it, too. She's got nothing left to prove. I think she's proved enough already. And the fact that she did bow out, I commend her for that, but I'm not going to praise her in a sense of, like, take attention away from everybody else just yeah. to praise her. But I do think that it was, it was honorable what she did. What is Simone Biles' legacy? Is it going to be all of the medals, all the championships, or is it going to be in likely her final Olympics appearance walking off Due to mental issues. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. And tweeted us at ESPN West Palm. I am having a very hard time being critical. And I'm having a hard time separating the athlete from the bravery of the person. Because of A, what I've already said. She has nothing left to prove. She's been incredible. She has moves named after her. The scoring on her has been unfair for years because judges don't know how to score it because of the degree of difficulty. Um, but also, she's the last of the Larry Nasser U.S. gymnasts that remains on this team. She was part of the sexual assault that was rampant in the U.S. gymnastics team. She hung on an additional year because the Olympics were delayed. She wanted to be done with it. Last year was going to be it for her. And she ended up coming back because she wanted to have a final Olympics to pass the torch to the new generation. And I just wonder if that one year, because in gymnastics, just like MMA, one year 
can be a decade in oh, terms yeah. of your age and what you're able to do and your confidence if she has been around for one year too long and this is the end result. And I am very, very sympathetic to that for a multitude of reasons. And you should be sympathetic to that because like, she's trying to take care of herself. But at the same time, to Coquel's point, is that not everyone has to agree with it. You know, like mm-hmm. she, I mean, she did. Oh, fail. no, Coquel contractually yeah. obligated to agree with oh. my opinion. <laughs> yes, yeah, Ken's right. Oh, right. is that true? Yeah. But she did, she did fail. She failed herself. She failed her team. But that's okay. We're human. Uh, when in fighting, and I don't know, you can, you're usually good about this, but I don't want to put you in a tough spot. But when in fighting, have you seen someone who just, it, there's that mental block and you know they're done? Like, that's it. They'll never be the same again. Oh, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's evident. Like, Tyron Woodley, you know, Tyron Woodley, you know, in his MMA career. As soon as he lost that belt, I knew it was over, and I yeah. was hoping that he would. I was hoping that he would bow out, but you know, to he couldn't bow out because he had to, he had that same Coquel mentality of I got to do this for my people. There's people riding on me. Got to show so out. I got to show out for yeah. my people. I done said I was a champ. I done came out with my own song. I beat your booty. Yeah. And now I got to show out. It's my me and my wife's wedding song. By oh, the way. Is that that was it. <laughs> 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 Good choice. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you, you, I mean, you've seen it firsthand, and I've seen it, and I mean, that's just, and that's probably the most high-profile case. But I've seen it with a lot of guys. I've seen guys go into fights not wanting to and getting mauled, yeah. and I, and I'm thinking to myself, man, I probably should have told him to not. Fight. I just, I hate this conversation of, oh, this is what happens with this generation. Snowflakes. Uh, Simone Biles is an example of the soft generation that's being raised. Uh, what kind of example is that? I think she set a great example. I, I don't know. I, I think that for for her to acknowledge, hey, there's an issue here. There's some potential burnout here. And on the biggest stage, say, I'm confident enough to walk away. That's big. Because well, I'm not confident to walk away from taking a day off of damn work if I'm feeling burned out, let alone in Tokyo in the Olympics. I've been trying to host. I'm hoping you take some days off. Yeah. Get, my, get my hosting up. But yeah. when, in, when in sports, so are we evaluating who's the nicest person and does the good things? Like, why is that the... But like, we you're, don't, you're, you're going to... She's the GOAT because of character reasons. No, she's the GOAT because she's won more gold medals than anybody, Coquel. You're giving her bonus points for the character stuff, which sports aren't evaluated that way. She failed this Olympics. She can do something great as a person and still fail in, in the Olympics. But this is one tiny chapter of what's been the most illustrious career in the history of the sport, the most dangerous sport arguably on the planet. I've heard people dog Peyton Manning for winning a Super Bowl with not a lot of passing yards, and they still dog him out and say he was washed. Well, and he won the Super Bowl. There is a such thing as a dopey sports take, too, and dopey sports but thoughts. it's a lot of people that say that, Ken. That's the way sports talk well, radio goes. there's a goes. lot of dopes out there. What is Simone Biles' legacy? Is it the golds or is it yesterday and walking off and having mental concerns? 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776 on Twitter at ESPN West Palm. Dino, thank you. That was really good insight. Appreciate it. Josh Cohen and the home team 3-5 to five today. Appreciate you, man. Peace, y'all. Dean Thomas. Uh, when we return here on Ken Levick Alive, uh, we need to have a very important conversation, a very important conversation about cleaning yourself mm. and about showering and about bathing because two a-list you'd say they're a-list stars two a-list yeah. stars are at some point in their career they're yeah, a-list stars. in hollywood have some thoughts 
about how often one should bathe. Before we get to that, I want to tell you about Lawler & Associates, personal injury attorneys. Pat Lawler, he's our sports agent, sports law insider, joins us every Tuesday here on Ken Levick Alive. He, he always smells nice. So he I know always, he he's well-coiffed and he is well-groomed. Pat Lawler, Lawler & Associates, personal injury attorneys, they're taking care of all your personal, uh, personal injury matters, whether it is automobile or motorcycle or boating or a slip and fall. They've got you and they're working for you and you can trust them. They are working for you at Lawler & Associates, personal injury attorneys. Sometimes it's a skeezy field. They are not that. They want to make sure you get what you deserve. Get your free consultation, wanttolawyerup.com. That's wanttolawyerup.com. That's Lawler & Associates. Lawler & Associates. Pat Lawler, our guy, wanttolawyerup.com. Talking about washing in Hollywood. When we come back, he's Kokel. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. Ken LaVick Alive. Best show in Palm Beach County that you can listen to between noon and one. I mean, really, there's no other show between noon and one that I would advise anyone listening to other than Ken LaVick Alive, featuring Coquel on ESPN 106.3. I concur about those sentiments from Evan Cohen. By the way, he'll be commercial free 5 o'clock today on ESPN 106.3. Ken LaVicka, Ken LaVicka Live, featuring Coquel. Check out the podcast, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. comes right to your phone. We make it as easy as damned possible for you. So just do it. Subscribe to it. Ken Levick Alive featuring Coquel Podcast, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcast. Uh, let's go to Twitter real quick. Uh, Brandon Alvarez on Twitter tweets, I think that Simone Biles has solidified herself as the GOAT already, that if she was chasing or she was in the process of still topping the GOAT, then yes, years later we'd remember, but no, she's already the GOAT in my opinion. She did fail, but her legacy is as already the GOAT. I think that's fairly reasonable. I think that's a pretty reasonable take uh, on that. I like to stay away from the F word, the fail word. I get where people are going with it, even Coquel. I understand, but I think the legacy is already solidified. She's the greatest of all time, and I doubt will ever be matched, at least not in our lifetimes. NFL training camp. What happened? The New York Giants have released late central product Kelvin Benjamin. Oh, that's not exciting. That's not good news. Why did we have to get all pumped up with NFL Films music to talk about one of our own being released? Because now he's free to come sign with the Dolphins? Oh, that's a great call. Kelvin Benjamin, come on home. He tried the tight end experiment, and it didn't work. Only Tim Tebow, little immigrant Tim Tebow, can do it. He's not an immigrant. Where was he born? Uh, not America. I know. I forgot. That's why. I <laughs> Why'd you put me on the spot like that? Because that was wildly unfair. Yeah. If you're going to drop that joke out there, you've got to actually he, have the... He is, though. He came to America with no. big dreams, and now he has dreams <laughs> of becoming a, a tight end for the Jaguars. I hate when you do that, when you call him immigrant Tim Tebow. Why? It's the American dream. <laughs> right? Come to this country, uh, succeed in all you do, and fulfill all your dreams. And, and no one says more about fulfilling dreams. Then little Timmy Tebow. His parents were already American citizens. He's not an immigrant. He was already an American citizen. Uh, Something's been bothering me because as I was perusing Twitter last night, something caught my eye, and that's the thoughts on bathing from former That 70s Show stars Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis, who are married. They have children. They were on Dax Shepard's Armchair Expert podcast, and... I Wait, checked Dax Shepard's still a thing? Dax Shepard is still a He has a very successful podcast. Oh, we should have him on the show. Um, by the way, married to Kristen Bell. Really? Mm-hmm. I don't know who that is. Kristen Bell is... Um, I know Saved by the Bell. In Frozen. She's... Uh, never saw it. Really? Yeah. I never saw it. My kids aren't interested. Okay, fine. Whatever. We, we watch football. We're just completely wasting time. This, uh, this, these are the thoughts of Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis on bathing. Ashton? 
Do you guys wash your whole body? Water. I don't wash my body with soap every day. Okay, good. What? That's good. That's okay. good. I yes. wash my armpits and my crotch daily right. and nothing yeah. else ever. Why? You don't? Exactly. Wait, and look you at guys. his skin. Let's talk about his skin. I got a bar, a lever 2000. There it we go. It just delivers every time. Textbook soap. Nothing else. <laughs> nothing else. That's true. I can't believe I'm in the minority here of washing my whole body in the shower. I can't. Like, it's so weird. Who taught you to not wash? All right. So let's break this down real quick. Mila Kunis says that she doesn't wash herself with uh, soap every day. Mm-hmm. So she's basically rinsing herself. And Ashton Kutcher, he takes care of his armpits and his crotch, but then he never washes anywhere else. Those are his words, not mine. His words. Mm-hmm. When you take a shower, do you wash your full body with soap every day? I'm not judging here, but I thought that that was like the normal thing. I thought that that was like how most human beings at least most Americans handled themselves by bathing with soap every single day. But Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher, very rich people, very privileged people, apparently don't do that. And I've learned a lot over the years. Like a lot of men actually sit down to pee, wasn't aware, didn't know. Really? But, but I need some guidance on this. What is the actual bathing protocol? I'm not judging. I just want to know. When you bathe, do you wash yourself with soap Everywhere, every day. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. At ESPN West Palm on Twitter. Do you bathe yourself with soap? Do you have to bathe yourself with soap everywhere on your body every day? And I also went down a wormhole. There's a significant portion of people, Coquel, that don't wash their feet ever in the shower. Because they say that, oh, the shampoo or the soap will just rinse down to my feet. And they don't actually physically bring the soap to your, your feet. I haven't seen my feet in like seven years, so I don't know. <laughs> do you wash your feet? I do, but not as much as I should. It's not an everyday thing. Do you wash your lower legs? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I wash. I start up top and I work my way down. Because I will, I'll admit that I don't do the feet all the time. What order are you should. washing? Uh, the order I wash in is chest first, chest first, then armpits. And then go down to the uh, the nether regions, and then legs, and then feet. And then hair afterwards. But then, like, the dirt from your head is going on all the spots you I know. just cleaned. I don't know why I do that, and I've thought about that, but this is my process. But I also, I wash with soap every day. That's non-negotiable. Do you use like a washcloth? I use the bar. I just, straight straight to the old skin. Me too. And soap. my wife tells me white people are nasty because I use the bar. Because she Wait. uses a, a washcloth. Wait, are you supposed to use a washcloth or the actual bar of soap? Can you bring the bar of soap to your body or do you use a washcloth? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. So she thinks it's gross to bring the bar of soap. It's the bar of soap. It always stays clean. Like germs aren't going to live on the bar of soap. Which also, that washcloth has been sitting in the tub for a long time too. Yeah, and I'm like, there's the germs there. And, and you're going to tell me when my kids don't jump in our shower, they're not plugging the drain with it and peeing on it. And like, Come on. That's a great point. The washcloth is probably dirtier than the bar of soap. As long as you're not leaving like hairs in the bar of soap, you should be fine. Yeah, you got it. If there's hair in it, you got to scrape them off with your fingernails. Yeah, and, that's, you, and you know, you carve out the little lines in it because you got to get the hair off. That's just courtesy. But I would take a bar of soap on the body over the washcloth any day. I don't agree with your wife at all. Sorry, Coquel's wife. 
but I think it's a cultural thing. I do. I think it's a it's a we're two white guys sitting here saying we we both use the bar of soap. Do you bring the bar of soap to the body or is it the washcloth with, with soap to the body? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776 and on Twitter at ESPN West Palm. Also, like if you if you don't bathe every day or you don't use soap every day, I want to hear the reasoning behind Does that. a pool count as bathing? It's got no, chlorine in it. The pool unequivocally does not count Why? as bathing. Why would you think that that counts as It's got bathing? chlorine. It kills all the germs. <laughs> that is not how that works, man. <laughs> when my wife is away, those kids are bathing in the pool. <laughs> no. No. Don't tell me that you do that. Don't make me DCFS you, Coquel. Hey, uh, Stormhouse Brewing, they are nothing but clean over there. Stormhouse Brewing in North Palm Beach, US 1, Crystal Cove Commons, just a half mile south of PGA Boulevard. Stormhouse Brewing, they have the delicious craft beer that they brew on site. The selection is superb. They have a menu. That's the main idea. A menu. A craft beer a brewery with a menu. You don't see that anywhere else. And yeah, they've got all the games on. They've got all the Olympics on. There's not a bad seat in the house. Indoor and outdoor seating, it's the go-to. It's completely taken over Palm Beach County, especially North County. My guys, it's Stormhouse Brewing. Go to stormhousebrewing.com. Check out that menu. Check out their craft beer selection, again, made on site. And go watch the game. Bring your buddies or just yourself. That's Stormhouse Brewing, Crystal Cove Commons uh, in North Palm Beach, just a half mile south of PGA Boulevard. Bar of soap to the body when you clean yourself or a washcloth? Also, do you wash yourself every day? If not, why? What's the thinking behind that? I'm here to learn. I'm not going to judge. I'm here to learn. Kevin in Palm Beach Gardens. Kevin, you're on Ken Levick Alive. What's up, Kev? Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, great show. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, you use, you know, use a soap and a washcloth. So... Um, soap to the washcloth, then to your body. And, yep, you wash every day, man. All right, yeah, so wash every day. We're on the same page there. But with the washcloth, how often are you washing that washcloth? How long does it sit in the shower? All right, so my wife normally takes the washcloth out probably, like, every two weeks, tossing it in the either she and washes it with her hand uh-huh. or either tosses it in the washer and then she air dries it outside. Coquel, I need a ruling on this. Two weeks, is that too long between washings of the washcloth? I'm a bar soap guy. I told you, my wife from Jamaica, she uses she uses the washcloth. I think it's a cultural thing more than, than I think white guys just use the bar soap or we get into the body wash game. Kevin, is it possible that this is a cultural thing and that Coquel and I are just two white guy dopes here with the bar soap? And I think it's a cultural thing because um, <laughs> I'm from Jamaica, so that's how we grew yep. up. That's how we went. So, out, so out Kevin, right? Kevin, and Coquel's wife. Well, I think we are starting to see a trend. Coquel might have been right. Kevin, appreciate the input. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. But this is what I'm struggling with. The bar of soap is inherently clean. Like you're not going to have germs live on that thing. The washcloth can get moldy. Like two weeks. That's not a short amount of time. And what if I'm peeing in the shower and the washcloth falls But in that's it? another thing, and that's not something I'm going to be uh, open-minded about. Peeing in the shower is an absolute no-go. Why? I can't stand, and I know we've had this conversation before. We have? I cannot stand that you pee in the shower. Why? It's a drain. What is the problem? Wow. Where does the water go? It all goes to the same place. No! Yes, it does. Because then you're standing. How do you know that all the pee is washed out of the bottom of the shower? Because it's not yellow anymore. <laughs> And, oh, my God. And my soap and I my shampoo. I don't pee on the way out. I pee in the <laughs> middle of the beginning. 
Or sometimes if like the toilet, I don't feel like lifting up the seat, just pee in the shower, turn the, turn the faucet on, and you're good. How lazy are you? I don't feel like lifting up the seat to the toilet. And it's cold, Ken. If you, when you're in a hot shower, you're going to wait. So if I have to pee in the shower, I'm in a nice hot shower, and I, I, we keep our AC at like 72, and I have to go out and get into the cold air. I'm supposed to get out in the cold air and pee? Is that what you want me to do? Oh, God. I'm disgusted by you. Because I'm an Irish man, and the cold air is not going to help me anymore, so i got to stay in the warmth when I'm naked. I don't even know what that means. Yes, you do. EDS air conditioning. <laughs> EDS You're is Irish yes. too, aren't you? You know. Coquel using his air conditioning is an excuse for not using the toilet to pee, but peeing in the shower instead. Hold on. Let me give a proper separation between that and the read I'm about to do. <laughs> Five, four, three, two, one. EDS is, yes, EDS air conditioning. They handle all your air conditioning and plumbing needs. They've been at it since 2006, servicing Palm Beach County and all of South Florida. EDS is, yes, if your air conditioning goes out, it's desperation time. That can get dangerous. EDS is, yes, and they are going to go ahead and schedule their appointment time around you. They're going to try and schedule it around you because they know that you have a life. You can't just wait around for them. They're dependable. They're a train comfort specialist. It's hard to stop a train. What does that mean? Well, they use the best equipment to make sure that they're not gonna, having to come back uh, yearly to fix your AC unit. EDS Air Conditioning. EDS is, yes. Go to edsairconditioning.com. That'll do it for us. We'll be back tomorrow. Yeah, Coquel is so gross. I'm so mad we finished like that. He's Coquel. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. Lift the damn toilet seat.